Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach to Care It Out and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carrot Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant and founder of her unique sleep approach, Carrot Out. That felt really weird talking about me in the third person there. Um... In today's podcast, I would like to talk to you about something that I'm very passionate about, and that is moving the conversation around infant sleep from the focus being on getting them to sleep through the night to working towards more settled or sustainable sleep. So if you've listened to my podcast for a while, you in my Facebook group, you follow me on Instagram, um, you know that um, you might know that I, I talk about this a lot um, but one of my greatest missions in life is to get as many families as I can a settled night's sleep without tears training or techniques and I know that sounds unbelievable even me saying it it sounds so unbelievable um, and it blows my mind I see it happen pretty much on every day on the daily parents are moving forward getting settled and sustainable sleep without doing any of these three things, tears, training or techniques. Um, and my whole approach to infant sleep is is not to push your little one to join the sleep through crew or aka sleeping through the night because I believe that is something that they'll do when they are developmentally ready um, and they are biologically ready as well. They're one and the same thing. And the focus here at Care It Out, it's about getting you a settled night's sleep, not pushing your little one to sleep through the night unless they are biologically ready to do that. And that looks different to everybody. Every baby, every small, every toddler, every child, every one of us is individual. So it makes sense to me that if we're all individuals, when we're ready to drop night fees and sleep through the night, that's all going to be different too. And I believe there is so much, I see it, it's not that I just believe it, I see it, I hear it on my practice from parents all the time oh there's so much pressure to get them sleeping through my little one isn't sleeping through what am I doing wrong my little one is waking up at night time to feed what am I doing wrong how can I move it forward so I am passionate about sharing that message that it's more about supporting your small to a more sustained settled sleep rather than pushing them through um, and I honestly feel that it's time to push the sleep through pressure for good. Um, you probably don't need me to tell you this, um, but probably one of the most frequently asked questions you're asked as a parent, especially new parents, two things. Are they sleeping through yet? Are they a good baby? I mean, what are you meant to say to that? Um, I would love to hear um, if any of you have got any really great comebacks. Um, One of my favourites is, no, they're not a good baby. They're out robbing banks all night time. Um, That's not mine. That's somebody that I know told me that. Um, But it's crazy. And you're asked this all the time like and it seems to be getting earlier and earlier like you've just made it off the labor ward or you've recovered and then um just given birth and they're almost asking it's crazy there we're obsessed with getting your little one to sleep through and i get it we want to um nobody likes being tired or sleep deprived but being a new parent 
you don't want to again you probably don't want to hear this but there are going to be some sleepless nights to be expected and um, especially in the beginning so yeah I really feel that it's time and I've I've definitely done this myself sometimes it's a real social filler isn't it you just ask you you ask these questions before you've even properly thought about it so I know that I myself if I've asked you and you're listening I really am sorry um sometimes we just do it on autopilot but I'm trying now to be really really careful about this especially with what I do um, but it is likely that you've been asked one of these two things. And because we talk about it all the time, like, are they sleeping through yet? Are they having feeds? How are they sleeping? We just become sleep obsessed. Um, and then it's natural that if your baby is waking up for feeds at night time or not sleep- sleeping through the night from, again, I'm seeing parents getting in, in contact with me early and early and earlier. Um, and it's not their fault it's just there's that expectation that that's what's going to happen and if they're not doing that it can honestly feel like you're doing something wrong it feels like you're the only one with a baby that isn't sleeping through or waking up to feed you just got to come onto my instagram or come into the facebook group to know that that's honestly not the case um and it can feel very very lonely i think um so i'm really trying to shift that focus away from getting obsessed with sleeping through the night to more um, settled and sustainable sleep Um, and if your baby is waking up for feeds or not sleeping through i promise you aren't doing anything wrong um you're not the only one and your baby isn't missing the sleep setting i know they're probably not giving you that impression um, but they do want to and can sleep very well even when they're not giving you that impression um, one of the biggest reasons why I'm trying to move forward from no one um, from moving the focus away from sleeping through the night to a more settled slash sustainable sleep is because nobody technically really sleeps through the night. And again, you know, I know you probably don't want to hear that, um, but none of us go down at bedtime, whatever bedtime is. I don't have a set bedtime on my approach, um, but we go down at bedtime and then none of us not wake up until the morning. And the reason why we do this is because in order, all the behaviour and all the things that we do around sleep are designed to keep us ourselves safe. The only part of our brain when we're born that's fully developed is the lizard brain and that's our survival brain. And that's responsible for things like um, digestive system, breathing, fight or flight response um and that's because we as humans we are prepped our bodies are absolutely primed to survive um because otherwise we wouldn't have survived for millennia so what happens is is if we were to just go to sleep at bedtime go into a deep sleep which we need to rest restore and recover ourselves it's like charging in a battery um, that's what we're doing each night we would be making ourselves very vulnerable because we'll have totally shut down and we would have no idea what's going on around us and on our body and that makes us very vulnerable and as humans um, we don't like being vulnerable because it can have an impact on us surviving survival of the species so nobody technically really sleeps through the night we all wake up new well from four months we all wake up numerous times during the night and check in with ourselves i call these change checks and we check in with ourselves to make sure that everything's okay with our body and make sure that everything is okay nothing's changed nothing's compromised our body or environment so we're safe whilst we're sleeping and i think it can be no it probably sounds quite pedantic but I think just moving that shift away from talking about sleeping through the night, I think that can really help manage expectations because it is completely natural that when you're little, well, waking up at night time, not an issue. Um, 
and doesn't necessarily mean that they're asking for support it's natural that your baby is going to wake up do their change checks stirs cry out shriek fart moan groan turn over um, have periods where they're awake and just because they're doing these things doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's unsettled sleep um, I call it natural nocturnal behavior or that we actually need to step in and support them so the, that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm not a fan of using the term sleeping through the night because it is I am being very pedantic and I can be a very pedantic person technically none of us do we all wake up numerous times during the night to check in with ourselves I call these change checks it's in between our light and our deep sleep it's all we always do these checks before we go into our deep sleep where we are at our most vulnerable so it's natural that during the night we're in lighter periods of sleep we might be might even be awake um, we stir, moan, groan, fat, fat. Um, I don't know what fat meant. Fart, I think I meant. Fart, shriek, do all sorts of things at night time. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're asking for support or the sleep is any less restorative. I think that's really, really important. So again, that's why the focus is on more of the working to or moving away from talking about sleeping through the night to talking about more a, a more settled night's sleep. And while we're talking about sleeping through all we really mean when people really talk about sleeping through the night which i've just explained technically nobody really does what people really mean is just when a baby a small is able to drop the night feeds at night time and night feeding is one of the i hand on heart honestly don't believe that feeding your little one at night time can be a rod for your own back bad habit spoiling them it is only an issue unless it's an issue for you and i i do believe hand on heart that babies drop night feeds when they're ready there's no set age weight or stage where they should must or need to have dropped a feed um and like i said meeting and feeding your little one at night time meeting their needs um giving their feed at night time can never be a bad habit um, if you've been again, if you've followed me for a long time, I just don't buy into this bad bed habit. For me, it's much much simpler. It's either working for you or it isn't. Spoiling them, your baby's not made of cheese. I don't believe that um, meeting their needs when they ask for you. They can't be manipulative. It's a really hard word to say. Um, manipulation is a very very complex process, um, and this comes back to when I was just talking. Um, about their survival brain the only part of their brain when they're born that's fully developed is their lizard brain aka the survival brain um and in order to manipulate you or in order to manipulate someone or a situation you need three parts of your brain fully wired and that doesn't happen until puberty so meeting their needs at night time isn't spoiling them they can't manipulate you and it's not a rod for your own back um i really am passionate about that passionate about a lot of things if, if that doesn't come across very clearly but i'm very pa passionate about um those things now, having gone through that, I'm not going to stop sharing that it's natural for babies to have needs and feeds at night time, um, but all of those reasons I've just gone through. Um, but it is, everything on my approach is all about finding that balance, um, and it's it's definitely a, bad bed, a, a bed balance um, for a lot of families. If my whole approach is that 
it's natural to, that babies wake up at night time and need feeding needs and if that's working for you that's amazing some people choose to wait it out um wait it out is where you do nothing you go with your baby and then eventually in time they'll learn to sleep that i'm not anti anything and my whole approach is that you are your little one's expert hands down every single time again i must say this on the daily i've got experience and expertise i want to can't wait to share with you but you are your little one's expert and they are the bed boss aka the manual um so if it's all working for you all is well waiting it out if it, that resonates with you if it's working for you right now then not anti anything that's brilliant it will always come down that's my benchmark actually is how is it all will always be how is it working for you is it working for you um but on the other hand, if it's if your little one, not it, I didn't mean that your little one isn't it, but the it, the sleepless night. Um, but on the other hand, there's a, there's a sleep spectrum, and if your little one is waking really super frequently, um, it's unsustainable. It's not working for you. You just want to make changes. Then I do believe there is a choice. Um, you, if you don't want to wait it out, you don't want to cry out, do sleep training, traditional sleep training tears. Then there are ways that. Um, things that you can put in place to make positive sleep strides to your family's sleep so care it out my whole approach i'm not anti anything i think that's really really important because my benchmark is always actually parents the experts is it working for them working for you is it an issue for you um you know your baby best and what they need um if wait it out is working for you brilliant if sleep training if that's something you feel resonates with you and you want to do that brilliant but if not there is care it out i loiter somewhere in the middle between those two um, and again i see families make positive sleep strides every day um, without doing tears training or techniques so yeah i think that's really important i think sometimes it's people not parents but people out there think that because it's care it out that actually i'm just saying well this is completely natural and normal you have to wait until they outgrow it I sometimes that is the case sometimes that is the case but nine times out of ten there are things that you can put in place to get to a settled night's sleep which brings me on to getting them to a settled night's sleep so how on earth do you get a baby to their settled to, to their settled night's sleep so my whole approach is I support um babies smalls I don't know why I keep changing between the two between small and baby I use small because I work up from newborn up, to, up, I work from newborn up to age eight, so that's quite a nice way of encompassing all the age ranges. Um, but my approach is getting smalls to their biological best, i.e., a settled night's sleep. And all I mean by biological best is that they are sleeping at the best of their ability. Really, that they've got age-appropriate naps, they've got a bedtime routine, they're going to sleep at night time within twenty to thirty minutes, with or without support. And then at night time, if they're asking for support, we're meeting their needs, they have a feed if they need it and go straight back to sleep. So all I really mean by biological best is two things. They're sleeping at the best of their ability and they're having the feeds that they genuinely need at night time. Now, biological best, I don't know. It Again, like most things on my approach, I don't know what your small's biological best is. I don't really know that until um, we're working together. It looks different for everybody. And again, it will always come back to how is it working for the family? Um, so that's open to interpretation. But 
biological best is where it's it's working for everybody that's that's what i'm aiming for not sleeping through perfection sleeping through the night it's just supporting smalls to sleep the best of their ability what they're biologically capable of and we do need to take things into consideration like reflux allergies um environment personality all those things can have and do have an impact on sleep um but one of my favourite phrases, if your little one is having an unsettled night's sleep and they're waking really super frequently, one of my favourite phrases, um, again, if you've been following me for a while, you've probably heard some of them, is that the sleepless wakes are causing you and your little one a sleepless night. Not that you need me to tell you that, but they're not actually the cause of their sleepless night. And that's because there's always a reason why they're waking up at night time. Um, one of there's quite a few it's unlikely to be just one thing to be honest Um, and I'm going to go through um, two or three of the most common ones now but in order to to know what um, what the real reason why your little one is waking up then the key is to speak to their expert that's you and know exactly what the little one is doing aka the bed boss but the three most common causes of waking up at night time is one they're overtired the more overtired they are the harder they produce something called cortisol aka small red bull and the more cortisol they've got in their system the harder it is the harder they can find it to stitch their sleep cycles together the second one is how they go to sleep aka bedtime boundaries so you might have heard these called um sleep props sleep crutches negative sleep associations sleep props i Again, there's nothing wrong with using using these words. I try and steer away from it on my approach because it can, I don't know, they've got very negative connotations. And for me, bedtime boundaries will, will either work or they won't work. Um, so things like feeding, rocking, however you get your little one to sleep, feeding, rocking, patting, holding hands, cuddling, going out of the room, and they're putting themselves, I call this their bedtime boundary. And sometimes how they go to sleep can impact the stitching of the sleep cycles and this comes back to what I was talking um, about the working not working on the why the change checks so nobody sleeps through the night we all wake up numerous times checking with ourselves at night time to make sure we're safe and for some little ones um, for some little ones the bedtime boundary you can rock feed put them sleep in another bedroom literally cot drop them into their cot walk away bomb could go off and they wouldn't know what was going on they would sleep and they they sleep they're either um at their biological best or sleeping through the night but for some little ones how they go to sleep the bedtime boundary um it doesn't work and it can cause um a blockage to the sleep cycles because they wake up they do their change check they realize there's a change to how they went to sleep and then they wake up and then they need whatever happened um replicated at bedtime to tell their body that it's safe enough to go back to sleep now as i said before some family some little ones this doesn't impact them at all some it can be you would see it more often more frequently past midnight when their sleep hormone melatonin levels start to decrease where some little ones it is just all through the night like they'll start waking every 10 15 minutes from the minute they go down and it's the bedtime boundaries and then the last one, it comes back to what I was saying about at night time, that it's natural to um, for your baby to wake up, rouse, stir, make a noise, cry out, shriek, do all of this natural nocturnal behaviour. And I don't believe parents are making mistakes or doing the wrong thing at all. Again, another thing I'm really passionate about. 
but sometimes when they wake up at night time it's natural to feel oh goodness they need me I'm, I need to go in and do something but actually they're not asking for support and then sometimes we can go in and disturb them and actually take them further away from sleep the irony is of course we're trying to get them back to sleep ASAP um, but we can disturb them stitch in their sleep cycles and actually make it worse if you've ever gone into your little one and they cry harder or you pick them up and they cry harder when you pick them up they don't calm in your arms that can be a sign that actually we've gone in and we've disturbed their sleep cycles a little bit so they're the most three common reasons why your little one is awake uh, wakes up at night time and to be honest it's not very clear cut that I can see even when I'm working one-to-one with a family it's very rare that I can pinpoint exactly which one it is it's likely to be a combination of two or more of them um, or actually all three of them it's very rare that it's just one thing they're all linked so when your little one wakes up at night time there's always a reason why um, they um, can't stitch that sleep cycle together um, and once they're awake at night time it's very difficult you can't get the cortisol back in the back in the box so to speak or the bedtime boundary back in the box and working on the wake when they wake up at night time um, trying to get them back to sleep when they wake up it doesn't make any sense for two reasons to me one there's always a reason why they're waking up in the first place so working getting them back to bed is just going to make everything so much harder than it really needs to be for you and for your small but also waking and um, getting them back to sleep isn't really working on why they're waking up in the first place so we just end up in this cycle of them waking up needing something or there's a disturbance to their sleep cycles we do something sometimes for a long time hello parent party and then they go back to sleep but we're not really addressing why and they're waking up in the first place so try to see if the the wake-ups at night time they're a symptom the sleepless night is a symptom of something that's going on in their setup before that and my whole approach is work on the why and again I know it sounds crazy um but we work on the why to get them to stitch their sleep cycles together in the first place um I think that's really important and just to I know I mentioned it before but it's very rare and it is just one thing with the um, cortisol the bedtime boundary is what we're doing at night time it's the same thing with moving forward it's very rare that it's just one thing I hear all the time things like well I'm nailing their naps Kerry where's my where's my settled night sleep or they I've done the bedtime routine where's my settled night sleep or they're going to sleep beautifully by themselves Kerry please where is my settled night sleep um and my response to that is that it's very rare that it is just one thing it's the the settled the unsettled night sleep is likely to be a few reasons and it's so easy to get I call it clutching at sleep straws it's really super easy again you're not doing anything wrong or making mistakes but it's really super easy to get caught up in that um oh if I just do the naps or if I just put different pajamas on them or I think do the same song at bedtime or read the same book every bedtime very very I'm not saying it's impossible because if I've I've learned anything from working with babies and children and families and smalls for so long is nothing is impossible but very unlikely to be that. Um, it's very rare that it's just one thing. Everything is linked. Um, and I look at your little one very holistically. And I have four sleep steps. Wait for it. Unoriginally called my four sleep steps to a settled night's sleep. Um, if you've um, purchased my e-course, um, I talk about the my four sleep steps a lot in there. My e-course is based on that. If you haven't already got it, I'll put the um, link in the show notes for you. 
Um, but yeah, my four sleep steps are naps and bedtime, bedtime routine, aka preparation for sleep separation, bedtime boundaries, and then how we're settling at nighttime or supporting sleep cycles. And in all likeliness, to when if there is an unsettled night's sleep, that's a symptom. It's not the cause of a sleepless night. It's it, but it's causing you a sleepless night. Um, and the key to moving forward, it's rarely that it's very rare that it's just one thing. It's more likely to be a combination of one or more of these four sleep steps. So I'll just go through them again: naps and bedtime, bedtime routine, bedtime boundaries, supporting sleep cycles at night time. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go through each one of these four sleep steps, and I'm just going to give you my biggest top tip um, for each one of these things. Um, I could talk for, for ages, um, I do talk for ages about sleep and getting you to settle night's sleep, but I'm really trying to keep the podcast as short, reassuring, and that's my intention is that they're short-ish, reassuring and informative and useful. Um, so what I'm going to do now is go through each one of those four sleep steps and give you my top tip for each one. So let's start with naps. The reason why naps are one of my um, four sleep steps to settle night's sleep is that naps control the cortisol. And if you can control the cortisol, move with their melatonin, I, I call it the sleep hormone, uh, the sleep seesaw. What we want to do is control the cortisol to reduce that baby red bull in them. And we wanna move with their melatonin so that they are going to bed at the best time for them. Um, the, the My biggest tip is when it comes to naps and controlling the cortisol is to follow age appropriate nap gaps. And all my nap gaps, I try and share as much as possible for free. I don't believe this in, this information isn't mine. It's not mine to hold on to. Um, so I try and share as much as possible. And all the um, nap gaps by age and stage, and they are just a guide. They're not gospel. They are just a guide. But they you can access those by signing up for my free video. And what I'll do is I'll pop that in the show notes as well. But yeah, t- my toppest tippest tip for for naps is to follow age appropriate nap gaps because that can help control the cortisol which can help you get to a settled night's sleep um but i just want to um reiterate that reiterate that they are just a guide they're not gospel next sleep step is bedtime routine and my biggest tip for bedtime routine um well actually these are going to turn into tips is there's like most things surprise surprise there's no right or wrong on my approach um bedtime routine looks different for depending on the baby some like a bath some don't some like a story some don't so the real nitty-gritty of your bedtime routine will be very individual to to you and your little one but the biggest tips i've got is there's two one is having a bedtime routine in the first place even if it's really super simple um i think i actually did a podcast just on bedtime routine which again i'll put in the show notes for you so you can go back and have a listen to it but even if it's just really super simple and you're doing two or three things in the same order every single night it's queuing your little one down for sleep they know that when this happens and this happens bedtime's coming um and any bedtime routine is a thumbs up in my bed book. And then the second one is being um, super calm and consistent. The calmer you are for your bedtime routine, um, the, the chances are of a calmer night. Now, I'm not suggesting we sit in the dark for hours and end and we don't interact um, at, or, or any of that because that's just unrealistic to be able to do that. When I say calm, I just mean that everybody's 
some nice deep breaths we're we're, we're slowing it down the i call it the afternoon download we're starting to calm down it's dark it's it's just a little bit less hectic than it was for playtime they're getting the message that it's coming and then the other thing is consistency which comes back to doing the same two or three things in the same order the more times you do something the more familiar it starts to feel for your little one they know what to expect they can anticipate it they know what's coming that can help calm and cue them down for sleep but as i said i'll pop the um episode the podcast episode with the bedtime routine i'm sure i've done one on bedtime routine for you in the show notes as well third sleep step bedtime boundaries how your little one is going to sleep the biggest tip i know i went through that for some little ones um your bedtime for some little ones your bedtime boundary will work doesn't impact the stitching of the sleep cycles at night time and i've worked with hundreds of smalls that are fed cuddled rocked spun around to sleep and they sleep through or just wait for the feeds that they need at night time where some um, the bedtime boundaries does imp- impact the stitching of the sleep cycles but in order to change that because care it out is very in the moment with your little one i really need to speak to you and know what's going on in order to move you forward but my biggest tip for bedtime boundaries is to keep it as simple as possible just keep that support super super simple so if you're rocking try to stick to just rocking if you're feeding try to stick to just feeding if you're cuddling try to stick to just cuddling rather than pulling out all the extras i call them sleep stops shushing um swaying patting um squatting lapping around the room just keep that support we don't necessarily need to change how they go to sleep um we won't know until we've put everything else in place but my biggest tip top tip is to keep it as simple as possible and stick to one thing if you can and then the last leap step is supporting them at night time or supporting um sleep cycles now the this is an assumption but most families that i work with them in my practice they come they want to work together we're working together we're a team because there is an unsettled night's sleep so lots of parents come to me thinking well there's an unsettled night's sleep it's logical to think that this is where we're going to be working on on what's going on at night time but just as i've explained in this podcast episode that the the wake-ups are a symptom of something that's going on um, and working on them um, isn't going to get you to that settled night's sleep and it can often come a bit of a sleep shock to parents that the carry out is very tailored very individual to your little one the suggest there are patterns but the suggestions and the combination of them look different to everybody which is why i need if i could do it and share that for everybody all the combinations i would do that but it's impossible without speaking to you they're expert i know what they're doing um and that can come a bit of a surprise to know that the only part of carry out that is pretty standard for every family especially in the beginning when we're working together is every family gets exactly the same steps um, at night time, regardless of what's going on, because they're causing the sleepless night, they're not the cause. So the steps at night time are the only standard part of Care It Out, um, and they're the same for every family. But my biggest, biggest tip for when they're waking up at night time is two things. One, to know that it's completely natural that your little one wakes up, moans, groans, farts, and wakes up as part of doing their change checks at night time. But just because they're waking up doesn't necessarily mean that they're asking for support or you need to go in. So my biggest, biggest tip is if they wake up at night time and they're not crying, um, try to respect, I call it sleep space, and try and respect their sleep space and give them that chance to um, stitch their sleep cycles together 
or get to the point where they're asking for support, i.e. they're emotionally uneasy, they're crying. Um, because I see it so many times. It's such a simple... Most of my approach is really simple and straightforward. But I see it all the time where baby makes a noise, sleep squeak, it, and it's designed... I call it the sleep the sleep siren like when you hear a noise at night time it sounds really super dramatic and you want to get in there straight away to make sure they're safe and your instincts must always 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 trump my suggestions any day of the year um but just because they're awake doesn't necessarily mean they're asking for support and sometimes we can be going in um we don't mean to you're not making mistakes doing anything wrong but we go in and we can be disturbing the sleep cycles so my biggest tip is just make sure they're asking for support before you go in that is a whopper so in sleep summary i love a sleep summary um if it's all working for you all is well that will always be my benchmark i'll throw that question back to parents all the time is it working for you how's it feeling for you is it settled is it sustainable and if it's working for you all is well we don't i never tweak change things just for the sake of it however if it's not working for you or you want to change something um i do believe you can make caring changes and it doesn't have to be um really super drastic sleep training techniques and tears um and there is support out there i think that's really important um well i really hope you found that helpful i like i said i'm going to put all the bits and pieces um, i've got to remember what they are now but I will go through, um, I'll have to listen back to, to the podcast, which I hate, the sound of my own voice. I have to go back and listen um, to what I said I'd put in the show notes. I should have written them down. Rookie. I'm such a little amateur. Um, but I'll go back, listen to it, make a note of all the resources and all the things that I've um, suggested to go and listen. And I'll put them in the show notes for you. And in the meantime, um, I'm sending big love and sleep solidarity to you all. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carrot Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found the podcast reassuring, informative, and a little bit fun. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave me some fabulous feedback. I always love hearing from you, and one lucky listener will win lifetime access to my Bedtime Basics e-course every single month. My next podcast episode will be out in two weeks' time, but if you can't wait for more of my sleep shizzle, you can find me over on Instagram at Carrot Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity to you all.